Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. I was probably 14 or 15 years old. Kenny had come to the church, had never been. Let's all stand around the building if you're not. I had been raised in this wonderful church. I was born on a Sunday and my mom tells me we are in church on that, that next Wednesday. It's just how we did. Going to church was never an option. It's what we did. The blessing of the Lord, you know my story, I was healed as when I was just a baby, a crooked feet, and I've told you that many times. There were moments being raised in the church that I, I thought to myself, they ought to just be glad I'm here, and I acted as such. Fold my arms and sit there and go through the service, not realizing what I had. It wasn't until uh, I started inviting friends from school that come from broken homes and broken lives and addictions, and one of them was one of them was growing marijuana in his attic under black lights, robbing houses at night, trying to find the next tie and the next adventure, bitterness and hurt in his heart. I'll never forget that one of those young people that came to the Lord who would throw pebbles at my window at 5.30 in the morning, waking me up and I'd peek out the blinds and look out and he'd be saying, let's go pray. He was, he was hungry for God. He couldn't get enough of church. They would make statements like this. Is there anything, when's, when's the next service when they'd come and get the Holy Ghost? And uh, I remember one time we were singing as we would in, this, in the church in West Virginia. We sing happy birthday to those that had a birthday. And, and I looked, they're clapping their hands, waving their hands, a happy birthday in the church service. They just wanted to worship. And they said, um, uh, hey, hey, Aaron, uh, is there anything, when's the next service? I said, it's Wednesday. They said, is there nothing between now and Wednesday? You mean we have to wait until Wednesday? Oh, can we do something? Can we meet 5.30 in the morning, Lake? And they were waking me up for prayer. And uh, you know what I learned on those early morning prayer meetings? Going because I'm going for them because I don't really need it. I mean, I'm raised in this. I don't have to pray like they do because I'm raised in this. I've already got it. That was my attitude. And one morning I learned there was a little vent in the church. And if, if you wear a hoodie to prayer, you can put the hoodie over the vent like this over your head and lay on the vent. And when that air blows, it poofs you out like this. It's like a warm blanket. And I get real cozy. I was, I was meditating instead of meditating, if you know what I mean. And I was warmed by the air of the vent. And I could hear from that place where I was supposed to be praying, the new convert on the altar. And he started singing this song, who had just been delivered from alcohol and brokenness and family separation and, and a life of turmoil. He made this, I heard him start singing, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me my soul cries out hallelujah thank God for saving me when he sang that something hit me in an early morning hour as an unthankful apostolic preacher's kid. I thought, what am I doing? I've never been drunk. I've never had to walk through a divorce family. I've never had to go. I, I went down the line. I said to myself, what am I doing? I'm not going to let somebody that just got in this out worship me and be more thankful than I am. Oh, no, not. That's not ever happening again. Could I tell you when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, I'm telling you, there's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. Have a family member that lived just a few miles from a church that never took their kids to church. The chaos and the confusion and the brokenness and all of that was just down the road. I want to say before I move forward today, I'm so glad mom and daddy took me to the house of God. I'm so glad to a place I could feel the presence of God. Amen. Brother Nehemiah sings it here. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. Amen. Pour it over my family. Pour it over Lakin. Pour it over Finn and Sawyer. You got poured over the anchor. I walked every seat this morning praying for all of you. And I said, God, pour the blessing on them. Let conviction come over them. Anybody that shows up, let them an anointing. Come over their spirit.
Pour it out, God. Pour it out, God. Come on, lift your hands. I'm ready. How many are ready for what God's going to do today? Sing it again. Oh, pour it. Pour it over our babies. Pour it over our city. Would you clap your hands and praise him? Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. I'm going to lift up his name. He's done wondrous things for my life. Amen. Remain standing. We're getting ready to change the order of the service. This week, Cindy and I celebrated 20 years of marriage. I left Zanesville on Sunday afternoon and put my phone on Do Not Disturb for about a week. I did. And uh, we just hung out and reminisced. Got a cabin in the mountains in Tennessee. Over and over again, we kept saying to each other, God's been so good to us. Look what God's done in our life. I was driving down the road. I know I'm taking more time than planned, but I feel something in this room. Before we can ever move forward, we got to look over what the Lord has already done and say, I'm grateful. I am thankful. Hey, I'm th- the church isn't perfect, but I'm thankful for it. Amen. I'm thankful for the church. Over and over again, Sawyer's entering an age. Right now, where you at, buddy? Sawyer's entering an age where he's got to make choices for himself. He's becoming a, 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 a young man, turning into a man. We'll be driving down the road, and he'll say, love you, Dad. He said, we're so blessed, aren't we, Dad? He said, our family's so blessed, isn't it, Dad? God's been good to us, Dad, yeah. randomly. I'm going to tell you right now, buddy, that's, that is forever a truth. I am what I am because of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for my kids in this altar. I'm thankful for every family in here that had a place to turn around your life and to walk a new road. Come on, aren't you glad that somebody brought you to the house of God one day and the gospel was preaching and changed the trajectory of your life? Somebody say amen. Look at two or three people and say, we're blessed, aren't we? Remain standing, young people. You can go back to your seat. It's God's house Sunday. We do this once a year, thanking God for the house that he's allowed us to worship in. And I'm going to tell you right now, we've had some leaks, but it's, it's about to be fixed. How many believe that? We've already entered a contract with a, with a roofer that's going to take care of this and have looked at the estimates and went through about 11 estimates and found the best one that we felt suitable and did background checks and they've done another church that our district uses. They say the highest recommendation. So we're not going to have this leaking problem. I'm glad about that. So we're thinking, aren't you glad it's going to be fixed? Why don't you thank God for it? Years ago, years ago, Brother Mark Morgan was here and prophesied that God was going to let this be a sending church and a giving church. Followed that was a prophet by the name of Eli Hernandez began to prophesy about a double revival. Then he stopped. He said, God's going to triple that. Prophesied our global missions work that would happen in Guatemala. This church has been built on missions giving. That's right. Over last year, we... We gave over $200,000 of missions. I think you got to clap your hands and thank God for it. We do that in the fall. I'm thankful for that. I remember when our paradigm shift, thinking about missions. and When we started giving to missions, we paid off a half a million dollar mortgage. That should have been in seven. We paid it off about six years earlier, seven years early. Because we gave to missions, God took care of this house. He did it back many years ago. Aren't you thankful that he did that? He's going to do it again. There's a miracle in the making. Look at, look at two or three people and say, there's a miracle going to happen here today.
tell them it's going to happen in you, through you, and with you. Somebody shout, with God, all things are possible. And we started giving to missions, and God has certainly blessed this building, blessed this church. And the Lord spoke to me several years ago. And he said, because this church has invested in other fields, the other campuses, other counties, I think we're in seven other counties besides this one, in two different countries, Vietnam and Guatemala. He said, I'm gonna pour it back into the church. He said, I'm gonna bless this house because they blessed other fields and other houses. My land, you're a part of building a church that seats 600 people in Guatemala. You're a part of that. I think, I think it's exciting that we're a part of something that's bigger than us. And God said, I'm gonna bless you. Now listen, I've taken more time than I wanted, but I want you to look at a few people and say, God's, God has blessed me. Look at your neighbor and say, God has blessed you. Amen. With that being said, I, I feel like I pastor the most wonderful people in the world. I've spent 18 years of my life in this city. 18 years. We're so thankful for every person that calls this church home. We're so thankful for that. With that, because I feel you are the best, I try to bring you the best to come and preach and minister. The Bible says he sets us beside green pastures. And I believe as we as sheep eat out of the fields that God prepares for us. One of the greatest preachers I've ever heard, privileged to know him personally. He and his wonderful wife are here with us today all the way from St. Louis, Missouri. In an organization where we have around 5,000 churches and over 11,000 ministers in North America alone. Not counting, we have 40,000 plus churches worldwide. He is our General Secretary of the United Pentecostal Church. So thankful that you are here today. God has spoken to him and given him a word for us. How many are gonna open your heart and receive the word of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Would you clap your hands and welcome Brother Graham, Brother Scott Graham as he comes to preach to us today. God's gonna bless us today. Come on, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. What a wonderful place to be today. I love the church. And if you don't love the church, you hadn't been the right one yet. It's a great thing to be a part of the body of Christ. And I'm excited to be here with you today. This is a special day. It is. Now, I'm just, you know, I don't do well with elephants in the room. I, I, some people try to hide them. I tend to spray paint them fluorescent colors. Let's just see it. We all understand. I'm going to preach a little while. We get done. Pastor going to come up here, and he's going to ask you to make a commitment to this God's house offering. You know that. You knew that when you came. You've been talking about it for weeks. I refuse to be uncomfortable about that. Why should I be uncomfortable? I, I, told, I told him this morning. It's just so cool. I get to be here to watch God work a miracle. Why should that bother me? I get to be here to watch God work a miracle through his people. And I just think that's awesome. So, I mean, it was kind of funny this morning, the 9 o'clock service. I, I mean, I, it's a beautiful place. What a beautiful church you have. And I know you've had this issue with the roof, and I know that firsthand. Because I was sitting over there in the morning service and all of a sudden a drop of water hit my pant leg right there. Just landed right on me. Just I said, wow, that's, if I had known you had a leak, I would have thought it was anointing or something falling on me. I was just, just splashed on my pant leg. And I said, wow, that's for a while. So I tried and told him, I said, dude, this roof just dripped on me. While I'm talking, it drips on my hand. I'm like, all right. And then I thought, you know what we should have done was put little sprinklers all over the place out here and You'd have been really motivated to give today if it started dripping on your head back there where you're sitting. It could have been a little Machiavellian ploy there we could have done. But anyway, uh, no, I, I've just, you know, you've got a need. You've got a situation you have to address, and it's not going to go away. I mean, I don't think Elijah's going to show up and proclaim a three-and-a-half-year drought again. So, you know, it's you got to fix it. And, and, I, and it is important. It's important we have a right testimony before our town guests come in this place, it's important that they see that we value this enough to take care of this. So it is important. And I commend you for addressing this today. So I'm going to read from 1 Chronicles chapter 16 verses 23 through 29. 1 Chronicles 16 and verse 23. Love your pastor and his wife. Some of the finest people I know and we esteem, brother and sister, bound so very highly. 
Love them very much. I'm delighted to have my wife with me today. She was not able to be here a year ago when I was here, and we were trying to figure out why. I was here in January uh, last year, and I was trying to figure out why she didn't come. Was that a little odd? And then we realized that was right after my daughter had gotten engaged, and they were in full wedding planning mode. And that's why she wasn't here, but I'm delighted that Michelle is here with me today. First Chronicles 16 and verse number 23, sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from, not just on Sundays, show forth from day to day his salvation. Declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. Why? For great is the Lord. Anybody believe that? And greatly, therefore, to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods with a little g. For all the little g gods of the people are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence. Look at this. Talking about this church. Strength and gladness are in his place. <laughs> Anybody come here and find strength? Anybody come here and find gladness? How many of you are not going to raise your hands no matter what I say? Okay. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory that is due his name. Look at this next phrase. Bring an offering. I sorry, it's in there. God said it. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Amen. I'm going to hold my title for just a little bit. You can be seated today. God bless you. I will... And I want to be very clear, your pastor did not tell me I had to preach about giving today. He didn't explain to me what was going to, going to be happening. He didn't constrain me to have to talk about this. I am going to address today a subject that is just nearly guaranteed in some cases to make folks clam up like they're mad. If you carry your billfold in your left hip pocket, gentlemen, like I do, I have mine right, you may encounter like a seizure or a cramp or something, you know, it's just... We get so antsy when somebody starts talking about money. I'm not sure why that is. There's such a stigma attached to a preacher talking about money. It bothers me. Some great stories, though. They tell about a fellow that Pentecostal preacher's phone rang in his office one day, and the lady on the other end of the phone said, Reverend, is this pastor of the church? Yes, sir. Or yes, ma'am, surely is. She said, my pet cat, Homer, has died. And I loved Homer. And I want to know if you'd preach a funeral for Homer. He said, ma'am, I'm sure Homer was very special. I'm sure you loved him a lot. But we just don't really do funerals for animals here at our church. I'm sorry. Um, he said, now, I have heard. I don't know if this is true. You'd have to check it out. But he said, I believe I've heard, however, that the First Baptist Church in town will conduct funerals for pets. You might wish to call them. She said, oh, I'll do so right away. She said, I, I have a $10,000 gift to give to the church that hosts his funeral. He said, ma'am, why didn't you tell me Homer was Pentecostal? How will you bring him right down here? I, did, I didn't know. Just get him here right away. <laughs> they tell a story about the phone ringing one day in the office. The church secretary answered the phone. The guy on the other end said, I'd like to speak to the head hog at the trough. She said, I beg your pardon? He said, I want to speak to the head hog at the trough. She said, sir, you can refer to our pastor's pastor, minister, reverend. Can't go call her, and call her and call him the head hog at the trough. He said, well, I want to talk to him about donating $25,000 to church. She said, hold on. I believe the big pig's coming down the hallway right now. Just give me, give me a minute. I think he's almost here. <laughs> It's just, I don't know, it's just even humorists have painted preachers as money-hungry scoundrels who care more about the size of the collection than the welfare of the people. That's unfair. I want to tell you today that in this church, there's no minimum income. Aren't you glad to be a part of a church where we don't meet people at the door? You're not going to be asked to show a balance sheet or a checkbook register or justify where you work or how much money you make or what social club you're a part of. In this in this church, it's still whosoever will let him come. We don't care about your education or your background or your family name or your net worth. If you just are hungry for God to touch your life, this is the place for you. 
in this church, everybody is welcome. And your ability to give has no bearing on the level of love you'll receive here. And if it does, we all need to repent. Amen. If it affects how we treat people, we all need to repent. Because if it weren't for the grace of God, you'd be the crack addict. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, you'd be the homeless guy under the bridge. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, you'd be the one that hadn't had a bath in a week. But when they come in that back door, everybody is on level ground at the foot of the cross. We all belong here. So there's no income standards applied to anybody like that. But with that being said, I'm also not embarrassed to address the topic of giving. Why should I be? I want to be like Jesus. And Jesus talked about it a lot. I refuse to be intimidated about a topic which is so woven into the teaching of Scripture. Just because some have abused it, I won't back off from preaching about something that is vital to the advancement of God's kingdom and is the key to your being blessed. Did you notice what I read to you today? It said bring an offering and come before him. Do you realize what an incredible blessing is afforded to you today? You get to come before him. Okay, I'm sorry. Hold it, hold it. I know we get so used to that. Well, the Lord's in the house. I feel God here. Do you understand what I just said? You get the opportunity today to walk. Hey, boy, you get to walk into the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's the most wonderful thing in the world to come before him. Okay, I'm I'm going to try to be nice, but I just... I don't care what your politics are. I don't care if you like this president or the last one or neither one of them. Whatever. It don't matter to me. All I know is this. I don't care if you... If, okay, pick one. It's, I don't care. We'll, we'll go back three or four. Just trying to not offend anybody. And that's hard because even Jesus couldn't do that. We'll just pick the current president. I don't care if you like him, don't like him, voted for him, didn't vote for him, don't but whatever. But if he was here, and you were given the opportunity to shake his hand. And there was a $5 admission fee. You'd pay that five bucks, not even flinch. Now, I know somebody out there right now is going, I wouldn't shake his hand if he gave me 15. Well, okay, I get it. I know. But a lot of us, that maybe even if you didn't vote for him for the privilege to shake the hand of the most powerful man in the world, you get five bucks. I got to come before the president. You would. And you know what's more? You'd tell everybody about it. You'd call family members across the country and say, you never guess who I met today. You'll never guess who I got to stay in his presence today. I met the President of the United States today. You'd tell everybody and you'd be grinning about it. I don't care. You may never vote for him. You'd shake his hand. Maybe you'd squeeze it real hard, but you'd shake his hand. And I just said to you today what privilege you get. You get to come before him. And this is what we do. The king of all kings is in this house today. The Lord of all lords walks these aisles. The one who spoke everything into existence, the first and the last, the beginning, the ending, the El Shaddai, the Almighty is here today. And we get to come before him. But the Bible says when you come before him, bring an offering. So why should I be awkward to talk about that? Why should it be uncomfortable to say that we're going to come here in a little while? You're going to come up here and grab an ink pen and fill out a card. We're going to come before him with an offering. That does not trouble me today. doesn't make me uncomfortable. doesn't kill the move of God. The Lord said, you come before him with an offering, I'll meet you there. <laughs> I just get to be a part of this, and I feel blessed. So I'm going to talk a little bit today. My wife and I are very blessed to be here, and I'm not going to give you reasons so much about why you should give. I'm going to give you today reasons, things that are not the reasons why we give. There's some motivations that are not why you should want to come up here and be a part of this today. You ready? Everybody smile. Relax. It's a seizure over. You all right? Okay. 
First of all, here's number one. I don't give because I have to. There's no taxation here. I don't find any pattern of scripture in the New Testament church where there is a taxation. There is no minimum payment. God doesn't charge you a certain amount to be here. I talked about five bucks shake president's hand. God doesn't set a price and say, well, if you do this, then you can meet with me. I have never approached any offering with the mindset of this is what I have to do. Even tithing doesn't work that way. I have never approached tithing with the idea, oh, you poor people, you've got to give 10% of your money to the church. No, I don't give 10% of my money. God lets me keep 90% of his. It wasn't my money in the first place. I don't give tithe, I return tithe. It already belonged to him. He just put it in my hands and I put it back in his. I don't give because I have to. Moses was speaking to Israel as they were getting ready to prepare the sanctuary of the Lord in the wilderness. And these are the words that are recorded in Exodus 35 and 5. He said, take you from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring in an offering to the Lord, gold, silver, and brass. Offerings are just that. They are something that flows from a willing heart. It's nothing about what you have to give. It's about what you want to give. You're not, you're not going to be asked to fill out a card today because you have to fix the roof. You're going to fill out a card today because you get to fix the roof. Look, you're looking at me so funny. Well, why should I be excited about fixing the roof? Because it's not your roof. God's going to let you be a part of fixing his house's roof. And I'm telling you, when I think where I could be today and where I am today, I feel blessed to get to be a part of fixing God's house. I could be laying in a gutter someplace today. Oh, don't dare me to preach. Don't look at me and say, well, no, even if it was, I wouldn't do that. You don't know where you'd be if it wasn't for the grace of God. You don't know what might have unfolded in your family. Do you know how blessed we are? We're in the church. We're in the church. We're in the church. I don't have to give. I get to give. I feel blessed. I feel blessed. I feel blessed. I feel blessed. I get to be a part of this today. Tell you how I approach this. I'm excited to be blessed. If I was part of this congregation, I'd be excited to be blessed to be a part of fixing this place up. Not for our ego, because somewhere out, somewhere out there right now, there's somebody strung out on crack and God said, I want them to kneel right there. I've already got the day appointed. I know the day they're going to kneel right there and they're going to talk in tongues and the chains of addiction are going to be broken and their life trajectory is going to be changed and their family is going to be changed and there's preachers in that family and there's missionaries in that family and there's miracles in that family but we got to get that spot dry so it's ready for them to you get to be a part of that. You get to be a part of that. You, why wouldn't I be excited? I don't have to give. I get to give. That, that dude out there right now snorting coke up his nostrils doesn't even know that in this house today, God's gonna speak to you and you're gonna respond to his voice and you're gonna do something in obedience to God that's gonna change his future. That's not something I have to do. That's something I get to do. So the first thing is I don't give because I have to. Thank you. Convince one person. Appreciate that. Second thing, you say, how many are there? Uh, I'm not telling. Second thing is this, and please don't anybody swallow your tongue when I say this. I'll explain. I don't give to be blessed. Now, please understand me. I'm blessed because I give, but I don't give to get blessed. I give because I'm blessed. Come on now. I don't give to try to secure God's goodness. He's already been good to me. I don't give because I want God to give me something back. I give because when I had nothing, God already gave to me. 
Would you stop thinking about your checkbook right now? Are your sins washed away in the blood? Are you full of the Holy Ghost? Do you have a pastor that loves you? Do you have the Word of God? Honey, I'm already so blessed. I'm not given for God to give me anything. You understand me well. There is no question that God blesses givers. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken the other, running over. I understand that. The Lord was very clear to his people. Malachi 3, you've robbed me. How can I rob God? I can't rob you. Yeah, you did. In tithe and offering. Not just tithe. Tithe and offering, he said. You've robbed me. But then he went on to say, I'll tell you what, if you'll just prove me, just put me to the test. You bring your tithe into the storehouse, you bring offerings to me like I said, and you just see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, you can't even contain it. Now hold on, hold on, hold on. He went on to say, and I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake that your corn doesn't fall before time. I'll rebuke the devourer that tries to consume your crops. I will tell you what I believe, and you can disagree, but I'm right. People that are faithful in their giving, God steps in and blesses them in ways they can't even measure. I absolutely and categorically believe there are times that God looks down and sees that the compressor is about to go out in your refrigerator and sends a Freon angel. To go down there and say, hey, ain't got the money to fix that right now. Would you just go down and fix that thing and we're going to get him another year out of that refrigerator because he's been faithful in his giving. I'm going to rebuke the devourer. You don't have to believe it. I know I'm right. Your car runs extra miles. God does good things for you and you don't even know it because God just said, I will rebuke the devourer for those that give. But I would also maintain that God's blessings in response to our giving cannot always be measured in dollars and cents. You lay your head down at night and sleep with peace in your spirit. What's that worth? You get up in the morning and have joy in your heart. What's that worth? You come to a church where God loves you and people love you. What's that worth? So I freely accept that I'm blessed because I give. But I rebuke the mindset that says, Give so you can be blessed. Prostituted pulpits try to spew this mess out. Well, just sow into my ministry because God wants you to be a millionaire. You ever hear somebody that says that God wants everybody in church to be rich? I have a Greek word to share with you. Hogwash. See, God doesn't want everybody to be rich. God wants everybody to be saved. And God knows that some of you who are rich, you couldn't be saved because your flesh couldn't handle it. And God, is more, hey, and God is more interested in you going to heaven than he is in making you happy for 50 years down here. And then you go to hell with all your possessions. Somebody better hear me. It's not about God pouring money out on me. It's about the goodness of God in my life. I'm not going to break this to you, God is not an investment scheme. Well, I'm going to give him this offering because I'm convinced if I give him a hundred, he'll give me a thousand. That's a pretty good return on investment. Huh. I'm not doing this for what I can get out of it. I'm doing this for what God's going to do in other people in this church. I'm, I'm doing this because I want my grandkids to have a drive place to come up here and worship in the front of the church. I'm doing this because I want my family to come up here and kneel down together and pray. I'm doing this because I want us to have a good report in the community. I'm doing this because I want everybody to know how important this church is to us. I'm doing this because I want our church to grow. I'm doing this because I want people to be blessed. I'm not doing this so my bank account will go up. So, man, he blesses. Yes, he does. Yes, he absolutely does. But do you understand? That if we have wrong motives, we can short-circuit God's promises. Let me prove it to you. James said this in James 4 and 3. Ye ask, everybody, everybody believe in prayer? How many of you are not going to raise your hand no matter what I say? Okay. Everybody believe in prayer? James said, ye ask, and he doesn't answer. Why? Because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. 
Even the promises of prayer can be short-circuited if, if my motives are wrong. If I have the wrong motives, even prayer doesn't work. So if I have the wrong motives, giving doesn't get me blessings. If I'm doing it as some kind of pyramid scheme, oh, I think about giving this offering, I'll probably get a raise on Tuesday. What if you're giving this offering and you get laid off on Tuesday? Has God not already been good to you? What if you give, see, my wife and I, we, we were building our new building and we were buying chairs. Those chairs were 40 bucks a piece. Pretty good price back then, 40 bucks a piece. My bishop got up that night. I didn't know he was going to do this. He stood up. He, well, he told me before service, he says, I'm going to try to raise some money for chairs tonight. All right. 40 bucks a piece. I'm thinking, well, let's see. If I did five of them, maybe 200 bucks. He gets up and says, my wife and I, Bishop Dugas talking, he said, my wife and I are going to buy 40 chairs tonight. He said, and I'm sure Brother and Sister Graham are too. Yes, sir. I left that church, and I didn't have the story you shared this morning about people running by and dropping off checks. I drove up my driveway, walked my house. We'd been gone for four days, walked in with, whoa, what's that smell? Fridge had gone out. Freon Angel did not arrive in time. And I got to replace a new fridge. And I'm, I'm and I, for just a minute, for just a minute, I was like, now, Everybody else got stories about giving and then you get a check in the mail. They get given and they get a bonus on the job and given and they get a raise and given and they get a promotion. I give it. I got spoiled groceries. And all of a sudden, the Lord kind of smacked me upside the head and said, I'm sorry, did you give and buy chairs just so you would have a better fridge or did you do that so sinners could have a place to sit when they come to church? Man, I backed up and said, God, forgive me. I don't care if every appliance in this house goes out. You've still been good to me because I sat in one of those chairs and I got the Holy Ghost and my family's living for God. I feel blessed today. I wish somebody just worshiped for a minute. I feel blessed today. God doesn't have to do anything more for me. He's already been good to me. I don't have to. I don't have to have him do anything else. If God tomorrow said, you've had your share, ain't giving you one more thing, I still want to be a giver. Because I'm not giving to get his goodness. I'm giving because of his goodness. I'm not giving so he'll pay me back. I'm giving because I'm already a debtor to Calvary. Amen? I'm giving today because I don't have... I, there, there's nothing else I can do. He's already been good to me. I could preach today about the goodness of God. I could preach today about all the ways he smiled on us and blessed us. But let me hasten just a moment. I'm going to tell you the last thing here today is we don't give. We don't give because we have to. Amen. We don't give just to be blessed. And we don't give for notoriety. This is not a contest. This is not a competition. Nobody except the folks within your, your administrative structure who have to will ever know what you put on that card because that's nobody's business. There's not going to be a board out in the entryway with the names on it of the top ten givers. You know why? Because if, we, if, if your pastor did in a moment of temporary insanity... And it would only be temporary because his wife would get him back on track. If he posted a board out there and put the top 10 names, Brother Rufus gave 100 grand. If there's a Rufus here, you need to receive that word from God, by the way, just so you know. I just, I don't know. Just, just throwing that out there. Sometimes that prophetic stuff happens and we don't even know it. Rufus gave 100,000. Bob gave 99,000. I figured there might be a Bob here, actually, so I was throwing out a more common name, you know. <laughs> List all those. Everybody stopped out there and oohed and odd. Ooh, wow. Ah, ooh. You know what we just did? We robbed Rufus and Bob and all the rest of them of any heavenly reward. 
Because Jesus said, if you give and blow a trumpet so everybody sees what you gave, you've already had your reward. I would rather I would rather give in secret and let God reward me than try to blow a horn and let everybody know what I did. And God said, well, I hope you enjoyed that. That's all the recognition you're going to get. We don't give for notoriety. We don't give to impress anybody. We don't give to try to prove to somebody how we're richer or more generous. We give because God's been good to us and we put it in God's hands and say, God, you take care of it and that's all I need. I just want you to look at me one day and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant because I am quite sure their bookkeeping will be stellar they'll see the numbers they'll know what's on there they have to do that as leaders don't ever begrudge your leader doing that he has to do that that's right and proper as pastor but here's what I know he may see the spreadsheet of all your commitments but he won't know who gave the most only God will because Jesus said he came to church one day you know where Jesus sits in church he don't, he don't sit in the front. He don't sit in the back. He don't sit on the platform. He sits next to the offering bag. Yeah. That's what he said. He came and stood by the place where they pick up the offering. Now, you talk about pressure. How'd you like to bring up your offering and walk up to Jesus and go? But he stood there and watched. And all some of them guys, man, they're putting on a show for Jesus. pocket pull out their bankroll start peeling off hundred dollar bills hundred shekel bills peeling them off take a handful wave them around rifle through them make sure Jesus is watching <laughs> how about that one I bet you feel lucky to have me here next guy come up and throw his bankroll in make sure everybody saw cough and get everybody's attention throw it in there and then that little widow lady came. She didn't make a show of it because there was nothing much to show. Two widow's mites, the smallest coin they had in their currency system, Hebrews under the Roman rule, just little widow mites, wasn't much. That's all she had. She probably hung her head, feeling a little bashful, a little ashamed, came up, put them in the plate and turned to walk away. And Jesus said, I want you to understand something. That little lady gave more than anybody else here. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Because God does not measure our giving on what we give. He measures it on what we have left. Amen. He's not going to measure your giving against mine or mine against yours. He's not going to measure her giving against his or his against his. He's going to look at each of you and say, now you've been praying about this a couple weeks. I've been whispering to you. I've been talking to you. How much do you love my church? How much do you love Zanesville? How much do you love your fellow worshipers? How blessed are you? How much? How glad are you to be here? How thrilled are you to be a part of this? How rich do you feel for being a New Testament apostolic? Now. Now, I will speak to you and tell you what to do. And if you do that, then God will say, he, only God will know who gives the most today. See how uncomfortable it is right now? Some of you are really uncomfortable. And I'm sorry for that because I'm not. I feel just fine. You can be seated, man. I'm almost done. The most amazing thing to me is this. While your pastor and his team were doing their due diligence, and you should be thankful for a church that's run right. Amen. As they were getting estimates and bids and appraisals and all that stuff, and they're doing background checks on companies and making sure that every dollar that we give today is used wisely. All the time they're doing that, God already knew what the number on the contract would be. Right? And God was already looking over this congregation and figured out how to meet it. God was already looking at each of you and going, well, now, I know he could give this, and she could give that, and he could give this, and she could give that, and he could give this. And, she, and if we put that all together, we're going to meet the need. God's already got a plan. You don't have to worry. God's already got it figured out. How's it going to work? I don't know. God does. See, because here's what you don't know. I mean, we, we kind of laughed about it a while ago, but... There's a Rufus here that could give $100,000. You don't know it because they don't live lavishly. 
But if they chose to, they could do that. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you, you got to be willing to look at God and say, God, this is your church. And whatever, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. So momentarily, we're going to stand and we're going to pray. And we're going to ask God to speak to us. Your pastor's going to lead us. And my only request to you is when that moment comes, we're not giving because we have to. Nobody's going to put an offering bag in front of your face and look at you and go, come on. You're not Rufus, are you? Okay. Nobody's going to stick an offering bag in front of your face and shame you into giving. No. You're not going to give just like it's an investment scheme. If you give and run to your mailbox tomorrow to see how God paid it back, you're never going to get it paid back. If that's your motive, you understand the distinction, what I'm saying there? If you're pure and you just give it, then I promise you God's not going to be a debtor to anybody. God will pay back in ways you can measure and in ways you can't measure if you're not demanding that he does so. You have to be willing to give and say, if I never get one dime and everybody else gets checks in the mail, I'll still be glad I gave. So you can't give because you're wanting it back. But I can tell you that if you give without wanting it back, a lot of you are going to get it back. And in fact, all of you are going to get it back. You just not be, may not be able to measure it with dollar signs. What's it going to be worth to you when your grandson at six years old kneels right there and talks in tongues for the very first time? Can you measure that? No. But that's God giving back to you for your faithfulness in making this place right. Right? Right? What's it worth? What's it going to be worth when your daughter is 16 and she's struggling, but in a God moment, in an altar, God touches and changes her life. It'll be worth everything. Whether or not you ever got a raise on the job, it's worth it in that moment because God pays back in ways we can measure and in ways we can't. All right? But I can't give in order to get. If that's my motive, I break the promise. All right. And I don't give because I'm competing with you. I don't give so somebody will pat me on the back and tell me what a great guy I am. I give because one day I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to give an account for what I did with what he put in my hands. And oh, folks, on that day, I want God to look at me and say, well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Does anybody besides me feel blessed today? Try that again. Does anybody besides me feel blessed today? Thank you. I really think what we should do is stand and throw our hands in the air and let our voice come up loud out of our mouth as we thank God for the privilege and the wonder of being a part of his church. No, 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 come on. I want you to lift your voice out loud and thank God for the blessed privilege of being a part of his church. Lord Jesus, I feel so thankful. I feel so blessed. Oh, God. Come on, I know there's no music playing, but how good has God been to you? God, I want to thank you. I'm a part of a great church. You've blessed us with a beautiful building. You've allowed us to influence our community. Now, God, we've got a need here. We've got something we've got to do, but I feel so blessed. I get to be a part of what you're doing. I get to be a part of the miracle. I get to be a part. I don't have to. I'm not doing it just so you'll bless me. I'm not doing it so anybody will notice me but I feel so thankful I feel so thankful I get to be a part of a miracle if you had walked in today and the first sentence I'd ask you was this if I had said to all of you how many of you want to be a part of a miracle today well except for the three of you they're not going to raise your hands no matter what I say you would have gone yeah well, in about the next 10 minutes, you're going to get to. Because God, he will shut to you. Because God in his sovereign wisdom has already mapped it out. And if every one of us will listen to what God says and respond the way God says and not be scared of the word sacrifice. Preacher, 
Don't you know how expensive gas is? Yeah, I do. Bought my wife 10 gallons unlettered for her anniversary. I get it. Don't you know that inflation's going crazy? Yeah, I do. I'm well aware. I also know this. There's no place safer to put your money than in God's kingdom. Because God keeps good records and God never fails. Our government may fail, but God never fails. People say, what's a safe investment right now? Well, the best place I can tell you to put your money is in God's house. God's house. Oh, no, I'm not telling you you're going to get a raise. You might. Listen, I, with every fiber of my being, I absolutely believe in the next few weeks you're going to hear testimony after testimony after testimony of people that got unexpected checks that arrived in their mailbox, of people that just their boss came in and said, I'm giving you a bonus, of people that got raises, promotions, new jobs. Unex- I believe that. I also believe if I'm not one of the ones that gets the blessing I can measure, I'm still glad I gave. Because this is God's church, and this is my church. I think we ought to lift our hands one more time and shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, lift your hands one more time and let a loud sound of thanksgiving and praise come up out of this house. Come on, let your voice swell up and say, God, I feel so blessed. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.